Yeah. Okay. So, how should we introduce this? I don't want to go Here's like, hi. <laughs> With a call. <laughs> Should we sing a song? <laughs> yeah. I think we should la, sing la, a la, song. La, 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 la. <laughs> the strange self. <laughs> you need to get your drummer boy in here and do a little oh, like we need a little drum roll intro. Yeah. I think that should be. Yeah. That should be. Actually, I was thinking the ukulele mm. might be an interesting intro for this. I will work on that. Yeah. So something you know. <laughs> So at first, or the sermon. Oh my <laughs> we had one gosh. of those, <laughs> but I don't think we do. <laughs> we did not. James Woodard could get me a theremin. I bet. Oh, I'll have to find out. Yeah, that would be amazing. Ukulean theremin. Yes. So I thought we could talk about why I wanted to do this. You said the house on Haunted Hill, which mm-hmm. I read that book a bazillion years ago. Because it's an older book. It, what is it? Is it? I'm totally going to get this name wrong because I'm so bad with names. And this is not an accurate podcast by <laughs> any means. So I want to say Shirley Jackson. I think it? that's the Does mayor that of Atlanta s- or something. Okay. But I'm not sure. Well, yes. I don't remember it all, though. No, I, I am horrible with names. And um, husband always gets on to me about mm-hmm. that. You had watched it. My brother had watched it. And I was... Like, okay, I'm going to have to watch this damn movie. And the thing about horror movies and me, I was raised on horror movies. I saw, and I wanted to like date check this, but because I want to think I was six years old. I saw either The Shining. No, it was Salem's Lot. I saw Salem's Lot at a very young age. And it had to be when I was six because of the house that we were living in. And I don't know how it, I guess it came on cable or something like that. It terrified me, but it also fascinated me. But it also like scarred me for the next like 20 years of my life. Mm because I couldn't look out the window because I always thought that there would be a floating boy out. Tapping on my window. See, I have a similar story. I'll have to tell it. Yeah. So, you know, and my mother was very much into the occult and scary stuff. She was all the time watching horror movies and reading horror books. And that's kind of how I got into all of this horror. And we, you know, in the 80s, we watched groovy movies, which is this ridiculous superhero guy with a beard playing these like bad 70s and 80 horror flicks. But I mean, every Saturday I was watching groovy movies, you know, kind of deal. And I was always like, you know, big into Stephen King, big into Anne Rice. If goth would have been a thing back in my day, I'm sure I totally would have been goth, you know, kind of. (laughs) But it wasn't. I was just the really strange, quiet girl in high school. (laughs) However, later on, I had later, later on. And I mean, it was like almost instantaneous. As soon as I had a kid, all of that stuff, I'm like, nope, don't care about it. Don't want to do it. Don't want to look at it. Don't want to, you know deal with it because it because it scarred you when you were six right? uh, well, so you don't it, want to scar a child and maybe it maybe it is maybe it's the responsibility of having a kid and i think i think it's also kind of the responsibility of having a kid and knowing how terrifying the world is and not wanting to add anything extra terrifying to mm-hmm. it because i was always i was terrified of reality mm-hmm. much less you know non-reality that i could bring into it it wasn't until I watched The House on Haunted Hill. And of course, yeah, I was watching it by myself in this big old house. And I'm sitting there with my dog. 
And <laughs> she looks past me to the back of the house where nobody is like she's expecting somebody to walk through oh, the door. No. And it's just like, <laughs> I am like freaked out at that point. And so I have to go, you know, investigate. So I'd like timidly go back there and look in the rooms. Also, at this point, I have become obsessed with my favorite murder. Mm-hmm. And so I've been listening to those and, you know, and they're always like, lock your doors and lock your windows and make sure because this is how you get murdered kind yeah. of thing. And so I'm looking at my dog, looking off into the distance, you know, while I'm watching this horror film that I had already turned down the sound to it because I didn't want any of the music build up jump scares kind of things oh because God. that just there's makes no me way pee my can, pants. Oh my God. Right? You can't avoid them in that show. It's but, just those jump scares were amazing. Yeah. But it got so terrifying. And then like my brother hated the ending because I think it got so terrifying. And then it was how the book ended. I, I remember it ending like that. And then it, it wasn't terrifying because then everything was logical and it made sense. And he understood what had happened. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it. Long story longer, I guess. <laughs> At this point, I was like, you know, I really, that was really good. And I really love what they did with it. And there's some other horror uh, movies that I've watched. I don't like slasher films. I don't like torture films. But it was real. That was well done. And also the witch. I love the witch. The Wait, witch. is that the one in like Puritan? Yes. Oh, I just watched that like two weeks it ago. so good. It was really good. But that one was one where I was like, I got to the ending and I was like, what? That's all I get. You know, yeah, it's like, that right. one left me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I no liked spoilers. it. There was like no blood and guts and torture and just weird people doing just weird stuff. It was like a good ghost story. It was oh, a good yeah. tale kind of thing. And I well told. And like, it's well told, exactly. Yeah. There's some movies coming back into the genre that's capturing my interest and kind of peeking back into like the old days when I really used to obsess over this stuff. So that's when I thought. And since I had just like the week before started producing a podcast for my husband, I thought. I need to do something fun for myself. I have a writer friend, which is you. <laughs> that would be awesome. And then maybe, you know, maybe we can add to this, tell each other ghost stories, because I've got ghost stories, not so much stories, but have incidences that have happened to me. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know if I believe in ghosts or not. See, that's my thing. I've been kind of like, I feel like I'm like the scully to everybody's molder in this right? like crowd, because I'm always... I'm always looking for the other reasons for everything. So yes. I don't know that I believe no. in it either. And I feel but like I can see anything and still believe in it. Yes, yes. Exactly. I'm the same way. It's I, like, I, like, I don't know. I'm on the fence. Yes, I'm I am perpetually on the fence. lukewarm. Exactly. Perpetually. <laughs> yeah. And even though things have happened to me that made me go. And then I was like question i start questioning everything and i'm yeah i'm a perpetual questioner Mm -hmm. of things right i'm trying to make it make logic and i don't they say like the biggest skeptic is always the one that wants to believe the most yes kind of thing that that sounds pretty x-files too yeah (laughs) (laughs) so anyway i'm like we've got to do this and so i forget what you were doing you were doing something i was like i am going to oh birthday party you were doing a birthday party and i was like i'm going to disturb her i was like 
like, but I'm like dying to tell you. It's like, we got to do this. We got to do this now. Kind of oh, thing. I know. Cause it was like, was like, I was like, Patrice is so excited about this. Cause I'm getting texts. It's like <laughs> yes. five inches long, <laughs> which is a huge deal, right? right. Five inches long. Yes. For a, for a little text. I know. Like, Cause I was so we excited. And then I responded once. That sounds cool. It's like, exactly. This is not like Patrice. She is super excited. I am. And it's kind of weird for me because it's the most excited I've been about the subject. So I thought, oh, we could call this because, you know, I'm born and raised in the South. And I was like, I've had so much stuff happen to me. Uh, I know people that have had stuff happen to them. Um, you know, rural Mississippi, spooky anyway. We could do something and talk about and just tell each other ghost stories. Because I just love, I mean, you and Brandon, I love just talking with y'all about like these weird things that happen around here. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, you like to go exploring mm-hmm. into like abandoned places. What do we call places. it? That urban, urban, urban exploration where you go into right. like places that are all run down. Or rural. Around or, here, more rural. But more like. rural. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I used to do back when I was like... Um, a teenager because that was before phones and there was nothing to do. I was um, it was just like, it's just a fancy way of talking about breaking and entering. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Yes. We will talk more about the legalities of that maybe later. But I thought, well, we'll call this like Southern Gothic. I'm like, that's what we'll call this. It'll be awesome. It's kind of a cool name and come up with a cool logo kind of thing. And so I start looking, I was like, I need to research first and see who's doing what. It's like, somebody's probably already doing this. I'm going to take, you know, the wind out of my cells and I look and of course there's a Southern Gothic and it's talks about Southern. It's like very well researched and produced and like it's only one person talking though. It's not mm. like a two person podcast. Or is anything. it like an NPR style? It's like, kind of like, you know, you know pretty straight laced. Pretty straight laced. Like I'm going to tell you a story now and this is the yeah. thing and 19 blah, 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 Mr. Blah, 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 and Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> there's no way, first of all, that I'm going to remember anybody's name besides blah 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 <laughs> that's just not me um so accuracy this is not an accurate podcast i think this is more of a storytelling podcast because that's what we do i mean that's all we do in the south oh yeah it's hyperbole and storytelling and it's like you know making something that's an inch long into something that's 20 miles long and I mean, you still want to listen and you still want to listen yeah, exactly. exactly and it's, it's what we do you know it's almost like a form of gossip or rumors it's like you know i heard that back in the day blah 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 or did you know i mean that's kind of how i talk about these stories too and i thought this is interesting to me i want to get it down and maybe other people will enjoy it you know just as talking back and forth about some of the things that happened to me and do a little research and maybe i'll learn some things that happened in the area right now we're in alabama and I know nothing really about Alabama. Mm-hmm. So I thought this is also get a good way to, you know, explore just the area and some of the strange things. So we were coming up with a name, Southern Gothic gone. And I just wanted to, you know, since I haven't really, I mean, I've been out of the South, but I haven't lived outside the South. So I wanted to keep it in kind of the Southern niche, have it because I think it is because of our storytelling past. I wanted to keep it, you know, Southern niche, Southern Gothic was gone. Southern hauntings was gone. All these other Southern blah, blah, blahs. And I sent this list to Marleya and I was like, which one? Mm -hmm. And I put in there the strange South. And I thought, you know, 
that is vague enough where we can talk about things. Cause not only yeah. do I have like ghost stories to talk about, there's some like interesting individuals that have lived in the South that we can talk about. There's some interesting murders in the oh South God, that we could yes. talk the about. The number of serial killers like I in our area know. alone I don't is, I got into this conversation at my yoga class, oddly, like <laughs> just several weeks ago that we just started listing off the mostly female serial killers from this area. Area just like just in central Alabama, at not even a wide. We did not cast a wide net, but like oh. women just kill the shit out of men around here. <laughs> it's like it's like unbelievable how many there were. Is it truly unbelievable though? No, really? Not really? That's I mean, immediately because that's where my brain goes. Is immediately I start going into these like okay, so anthropologically or sociologically or demographically, like what is it that makes people? I was like, well, yeah, there's tons of reasons why women would kill the shit out of men around here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I know. I know. Uh, yes. I want to get into that. And also I grew up in Columbus, Mississippi, and there's an air force base and there's always been talks about UFO sightings. Oh yes. So there's huge UFO oh, so community. So I, I feel like, you know, the name of our podcast, the strange South, and I'm glad that Gothic was taken, mm-hmm. uh, that the Strange South kind of encompasses where we can talk about all of those things. Yeah, because Gothic sounds to me like just like wrought iron swirly bits. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like fancy like and formal days. and old. Yes. yes. And I do. I'm so glad you said UFOs because, you know, we started you started talking to me about this and I just immediately, you know, start looking on the Internet for all these stories and thinking about See, because I'm not from around here. I'm not from Alabama. I'm kind of from Virginia. My family's from Illinois, so I'm like an Air Force brat. But most of my childhood and like young adulthood is from Virginia. So technically that's the South, but we're right outside of D.C. Right. So I never felt Southern. And I went to school in Pennsylvania and then moved down to Atlanta and then to Florida and then to Alabama. So... I've been in the South for a really long time, but the weirdest thing is like, I never thought I would end up in the South because like, you know, when you're an Air Force I don't think brat, anybody does. Well, and that's the, I know. <laughs> when you're, when you're like an Air Force brat, like we moved, you know, I had like this little friend group when I was like five in Virginia, which is, it's funny that you tell your story about being six and seeing Salem's lot, because mm-hmm. when I was five, we didn't have cable in my house, but I stayed a lot of the time with our neighbor because my mom was taking a master's courses and my dad was working all the time. So we stayed next door and she had HBO. And so oh God. my brother, who's three years older than me mm-hmm. and, you know, my best friend who lives next door and some of the other kids all gathered around in her living room one day and turned off all the lights and turned on poltergeist. <gasps> and oh, my like, gosh, that's another terrifying. Oh, my so God. Because all I can ever think of, like, as soon as we say the word poltergeist, all I remember is that guy like washing his face off in the sink. Do you remember that part? Like he's looking in the mirror and he's having these weird hallucinations and he's oh, putting water on his face and then yes. his face just melts into yeah. the sink. All I can think it's of. like the horror. 80s melting face. Oh, it was awful. Like, but you know, when you're five, it's oh, like, yes. holy shit. Right? And I didn't say shit. So I was, I had no way to communicate this horror. Right. But except to climb up on the back of this couch, like, oh, no, maybe I'm mixing up stories. But anyways, that's what the right. South is about. Right. So <laughs> at one point I like climbed up on the back of the couch and like all the other kids knew that I was scared. And so they started like making these creepy noises at me. I fell off the back of the couch and hit my head on the floor 
got a concussion. Oh my, my and this is like, and now I'm thinking like, this is a dinner party. This is probably like four stories all wound up into one. Mm-hmm. But like, my dad had to take me into the shower because I was like throwing up all everything. I was like, the whole, so if you want a, like a bad reaction to a horror film when you're like right? too young to watch horror films, right? that would be mine. So I was like, I never was into any of that stuff all through high school. I was like, I tried to avoid anything scary. I finally went to see Scream when I was, as soon as it came out, which I guess was maybe 96. I feel like I was either a senior or freshman in college or something Mm -hmm. when Scream came out. And I almost cried like all the way home because I drove myself to the mall. And all I could do was look in my rearview mirror to wait for somebody to pop out of my back seat, like on the way home. So I didn't deal with like horror movies very well. And I didn't watch them myself until, so you mentioned Brandon. Brandon, when I met him, when we moved here, like made it his goal to wean me on to really good horror films. And so he actually created like this curated list of movies (laughs) that I could watch that he thought I would like that would like build up my tolerance. And you do, you have to build up the tolerance. Oh yeah, and it was perfect. Yeah. And now I love scary movies again. Like I think they're awesome. Like Hill House was amazing. I loved Hill House. Right. And like he introduced me to these, like he would, he went like far and wide to try and find these. So there was like a, is it Swedish? It was a foreign film originally, but then they recreated it in English. I think it was called Let Me In. It was a vampire film like a teenage vampire you know i think i saw that and it was really good Mm -hmm. and you know because i like like i like drama and like dark crap and all this and so like that and mama that was guillermo del toro i think which is a really hard name to say when you've had two mimosas but mama is one that i really like and everybody else hates that movie so i haven't seen that see i have just like really it's it's kind of like the house on haunted hill that's the name of it right uh, Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill but House. But there is a movie called The House of Haunted Hill, which maybe confused a lot of people. Confused. Yeah, maybe that was the book I read. It could well, but this one was a book, right. and that sounds like maybe either right. the name or well, a, the ending was name. the same. So it must be the right okay. One. It must be the right one. But yeah, so that was that's really the one that's kind of like I haven't besides Witch, um, which I heard good things about, and anything which like I like witch stuff. Um, <laughs> Because I like the history of it, or I don't like the history of it, of, of women being accused, you know, of that being kind of like the scapegoat for like, if a woman does something that you don't like, you call her a witch mm-hmm. and then she's branded for life. But, um, you know, I'm interested in that. So I watched that and then this is the first one that I've seen in a while. And I was like, you know, if there's more movies and it's like, maybe I need to talk to Brandon and like have him curate some things. You for really me. should. Cause he's kind of a magician he about is. stuff like that. Right. But yeah. So anyway, I came to that from, Oh, because I was an air force brat. So when right. I was five, I lived in Virginia and had this horrible poltergeist experience. Right. We, when I was six, we moved to Montgomery, Alabama. We only lived there for one year and I hated it. It was one of those, like people say like the cultural difference between the North and the South is is like starker than people realize. And it's it's true when you're that little, like right. especially. But I mean, I've, I've known people who've moved from like Minnesota or whatever down here to work at the university who are really, really surprised about some of the cultural things that they don't even realize are like messing with their like adjustment until they really sit down and think about it. Like right. even just talking to people in the grocery store, I didn't think about this until I was talking with a friend of mine who's from, I don't remember where she's from, Utah, who came here and you know we were talking about like standing in your front lawn the first time that you're starting to do yard work 
and like neighbors just walking down the street to kind of see who you are and talking to you and like mm-hmm. telling you telling you stories mostly right. you know and like, like who used to live here exactly I mean telling you kind of the whole nine about everything and you're like I'm just trying to get some leaves right you know? <laughs> like I just kind of wanted to get this in my schedule and get it done and right. I'm standing here for an hour and a half talking to you right. and it's weird because when you first move here it's a really a big adjustment because you're like this person's being really weird and rude mm-hmm. but they're not though right they're like you're being really weird and rude because you're in their town and right. this is the way things work and it's actually kind of cool you right. know it's them kind of checking you out oh, to yeah. see who you are and who your peoples are yeah kind of thing and how how this whole neighbor situation is going to work out oh yeah like and we can we can we'll talk for ages about like the the good and not the good and the bad i guess but like the pluses and minuses and weirdnesses of like right. the the southern nosiness complex or whatever yeah, it can be it is it is because there's some really awesome things there about are it. some awesome like when you are in trouble mm-hmm. um there i mean they are there oh, yeah. um, for you but the rest of the time but they already knew you were in trouble and they've been talking about it for a couple weeks right exactly, like, you know, like, exactly. <laughs> that's how that works oh no she brought in a chipmunk oh, oh crap hi rose He's still running around. I know. know. That is a big ass chipmunk. Are we, are we back on? Oh, we are back on. Okay. So, um, just to catch everything up, uh, my cat, Rose, brought in a huge ass chipmunk mm-hmm. that was still alive, like the asshole she is, and just dropped it. So, we had to do some momentary chipmunk catch and release. It was exciting. It was exciting. <laughs> it jumped was, on me. Was, yeah. There was fur flying and chipmunk emergency flying chipmunk emergency chipmunk crisis averted yes right handled and get southern <laughs> sling chipmunk outside door that wasn't away. pretty good it was like a just yes usually I can get more air than that I kind of <laughs> like them to go over into the side lot away from the house because we have so many of them no he he just needed to go he was like what the hell yeah well, you can tell around here the chipmunks that my cats have like brought in and I've released because they have like half their tail because for whatever reason the cats will like eat their tail or catch their tails or break their tails off oh, it's weird. Like, every time they come in here it's like they have half a tail oh I had no idea yeah. I wonder if they grow them back like lizards they grow their tails probably not <laughs> <laughs> that was a great <laughs> side eye <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> uh, okay, so, <clears throat> let's see. We were talking about... Montgomery. Montgomery. And, like, the difference between the culture oh, shock. Oh, yes, culture shock. So, when you're, when you're like, six, it's hard to navigate culture shock, and you're always, like, kind of convinced that, like, you're doing something wrong. Because right. every... And we only lived there for a year, which is probably a blessing in disguise, really, because... But when we lived there... I was like, I hate this place. I am never, ever, ever coming back to Alabama. And we moved and moved and moved. And then we ended up back in Alabama. And I love, I love this part of Alabama. I don't love Montgomery still, but, um, 
Yeah. So anyway, I can't remember why I was talking about that, but. Oh, we just talked about because you're not from here. Yeah. But your experiences in the South. And since I was born and raised and grew up here in all the tales from the area that I was in, you know, you have a slightly different perspective Mm -hmm. coming into it. That's why I think this will totally work because I can tell you all my shit Mm -hmm. and you'll be like, what? And then (laughs) since you're a great writer and storyteller, um, you could, you know, come in and tell me something that I don't know. I thought that this would just be a great combo. And then we'll get the master of the macabre, Brandon, in here um, (laughs) with us when we work at our scheduling. And then that will be awesome fun. I have, it's not really a story, but it's more of a thing. I don't really know how to classify it to tell you. And I know you have something. Mm -hmm. Who wants to go first? Oh, I go first. Uh, I have this mimosa to drink. Oh, that's true. You can drink. I've had two. So my my talking will be less accurate even though it normally would be. (laughs) That's awesome. This is not an accurate podcast. This is not a historic podcast. And this podcast is not for anybody under the age of... Under the age of shit. Yeah, 17. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Thir- I don't know. I can never tell because <clears throat> nowadays parents let their kids watch. Safety first. We could Safety say first. under the age of 18. We'll say under the age, age of 18. Yeah, just, yeah. Use Legally, your judgment. Use your judgment. Yes. Um, unless you're 16, in which case use someone else's judgment right. because your judgment is notoriously poor. <laughs> that's right. Um, Always wrong. Oh, that's so mean. I love you, 16-year-olds. I know. But uh, let's see. Okay, so... I don't have that I could think of immediately any like personal family ghost tales because I don't think I don't know that my family like generationally even believes in ghosts. And maybe it's because there were like some super religious people I had those too. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like my, yeah. my grandfather was a, like a Methodist lay minister yeah. and a lot, like all of his children are very, you know, faithful. And, um, so I think that's one of those weird things about ghost stories is like in some cultures, people recognize that ghosts and mysteries and religion are all kind of a different side of the same coin. Right. And in some cultures, they are looked at as completely antithetical to each other. Right. And so I think like mainline Protestantism in the U.S., you know, in my dad's time and my grandpa's time and everything probably went more along the Puritan, like if we look at things as ghosts or if we look at things as unexplained, then that's a sin or that's, you know, I don't even think anybody like my family is actually super laid back. So they're not like those people. But I think just naturally you don't you don't do ghost stuff if you're very religious, unless you're Catholic, in which case it's super ghosty sometimes. Anyway, uh, so we don't have any family ghost stories. I don't think my parents have ever told me ghost stories. So when we started talking about this, I mostly started like looking up historical ghost stories, because when I went that one year that we did live in Montgomery, I learned about like one of my just absolute idol Southern storytellers, Catherine Tucker Wyndham, who's from Selma, who wrote years and years and years, like 
dozens and dozens of ghost stories from Alabama and Tennessee and Georgia. And, you know, she's like a prolific writer of ghost stories. But if you hear her in in person, which you can't anymore, she died. I've heard her twice, which I'm very proud. Like I finally got my picture taken with Catherine Tucker Wyndham when she was like 92 years old. And um, but, you know, she used to sing this little song at the beginning of her recordings because she would release voice recordings of her telling her own ghost stories and the stories that she had heard. And it's unbelievable. And that was the first time where I ever realized, like, Southern storytelling is way superior to anything that I knew about telling stories. And um, which is funny because now I also live in the house of another famous like Alabama storyteller, Rick Bragg. I live in his mother's house that he bought for him. So I'm like, I feel like this is something I'm meant to do. I'm meant to learn. But I'm like, it's like I'm in a Wayne's world, like I'm not worthy moment most of the time when I listen to people like even even my friends like grandfather tell stories about his UFO experience in Pleasant Valley. And I'm like, oh, my God, like I will never be able to tell stories like this. You need to get that story. I am. It's on my list. Okay, But uh, Nandy's ghost story or UFO story. But, um, so since I didn't have any of my own and I didn't feel like bogarting other people's like right away, I started looking up, like I started looking up like Alabama ghost stories or Alabama mysteries or stuff like that specific to our area. And I found this one, I found like tons that I would like to talk about just because I think they're cool. But the one that for some reason stuck to me is not even that weird. It's just, I think it's the way that it's told. So there was in, let's see, the story that I found first was in 1888. And when I found it, it was referred to as the vanishment of Orion Williamson. And I was like, I just like the word vanishment. I just like like that. That that hooked me. So I was like, this is the one. I don't care what it says. Um, But it's just a story in like the, the late 1800s. This farmer is on his and I, I wish I could remember exactly where in Alabama. I've got my laptop here, but I'm trying not to look at it because um, accuracy well, is just, not our, our right. Five point. It's right? not our. It's, it's <clears throat> a story. Like this guy is a farmer and he's on his property and you know he's just having a normal morning with his family. He's got a couple kids. His wife is sitting on the porch and he decides that he needs to check on some horses that he's bought. I guess I, in one of the stories, like somebody is going to come look at the horses and he needs to have a talk with them. So, you know, he just, he leaves the porch and he walks out across this field and the grass is high. And it's so weird because in two of the different tellings that I found, he is so specific. Like he has a stick, he picks up a stick and he's walking across the field and he's waving the stick across the tall grass. That's a Southern storyteller. Right. I was like, it's so specific. And, you know, at one point there is somebody else that like, starts riding up the path and can see him and he turns around and he waves at his family on the porch and at least three people who are present witnesses of this watch him just vanish like he doesn't fall he doesn't so he's he's walking he's, he's walking, walking across the field didn't he does he spot somebody he turns around no but he just, he just um i think in one of the stories he sees somebody coming and waves at the person it's okay, like a so judge or something yeah but in another of the stories he's waving at his wife on the porch uh, and his kids okay. but in both of them he's waving at someone and they see him smile and he's got the stick in one hand and he, he raises his other hand to wave and then he just vanishes and like the wife in like, I don't know if it's immediately, but like the wife just goes into hysterics right. and you know, they end up having to call the, the 
on call doctor, whatever you have in 1888. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think she gets committed in one of the stories, but like, she's just freaking out because her husband has just disappeared. They call like 300 people from the surrounding like areas. But there's and like two other witnesses. There right? are it's multiple witnesses and like, and they come and his children run straight to the spot where they saw him disappear. And there's not like a well that he stepped there's into. There's no well. Then. There's nothing there. There's no hole. There's no huh. sinkhole. There's no well. There's nothing. And they say, now they had like 300 people come from like neighboring counties and stuff and bloodhounds and all this come looking for this guy. And they never find him. And like, I can't remember how long it, it was a certain time later, like a judge finally declares him dead because they've not discovered anything. He is just gone. And in one of the stories, the grass is immediately, there's a circle of grass. that's immediately Brown where he disappeared. And in another of the stories, the grass never grows in that spot. Like ever again, it's just, it's just empty. And so I was reading about like all these people are theorizing, you know, like Mulder and Scully, all these people are like, yes, I know my first thing was like, is this a UFO sort of thing? And they talked about like magnetic fields and they talked about all these kind of weird, like, I'm not sure how sciencey this is, all the things about like the different, the different alternate universes that people can enter. And it almost sounded like Star Trek wormholes kind of stuff. And people had all these theories on what could have happened to this guy, but the fact seemed to be that this dude just vanished into thin air. And I kept on looking at this story. And then I find this story. David Lang, I think is the guy's name in Gallatin, Tennessee. Yeah. And it's from 1880. And it's the story of a farmer who's on the porch with his wife and his two grown children in this case are out in the fields working with these horses. And a judge comes riding up in his, in his, um, carriage or in his wagon and um you know says he wants to have a conversation with him something again about the horses and david gallatin or david david lang walks down off his porch and his wife is watching and this this judge is watching and his two grown kids and he walks out into the middle of the field and he turns and sees somebody else coming around the bend waves and vanishes and again like three or four witnesses again very specific details about like how he's walking out and it has something to do with the horses and his wife sees him from the porch and his wife goes into hysterics and has to be hospitalized and his children spend years just like exploring the spot, trying to figure out what could have happened. And again, there's these stories about like whether the grass grows or not, or whether the grass is always dead in the whole field. And, and so they connect these two stories by this guy who was a traveling salesman who went like through all the Southern like regions and who really liked to tell stories. Right. And he's just a very interesting storyteller. Mm-hmm. And so they, they believe that the David Lang story from Gallatin, Tennessee just made its way through this one traveling salesman oh, across wow. Alabama. Oh, yeah. But then they adopted an entirely different name for this guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, but the story is exactly the same. Right. So I'm thinking like, okay, somebody going uh, like me, like, going, Oh God, what is this guy's damn name? I know. And somebody's repeating it and they just put, I was like, Orion, really? Orion Williamson's well, the name you put on this. Right. But like, so anyway, I was like, and that doesn't, that's not to say it didn't happen. This is one of those things that like, I, the reason I think it was fascinating to me is because the story is so specific and it happens so specifically and you have witnesses. in witnesses right. and they're there. It's reported in two different like local newspapers and regional newspapers. Uh, and right. it made like, it made what it syndicated news because mm-hmm. the San Francisco Chronicle or something reported at least one of these stories. And so it was, it was a story that somebody thought was 
you know, definitely interesting and maybe sort of credible. I don't know. But it's because it's probably because this was like passed around and reported. But I'm like, that doesn't mean it didn't happen, though. And because of how specific it was, I kind of tend to think like it did happen. Right. Because who's going to, you know, I mean, like if there's nothing to it, you know, why is it in the newspaper? Yeah. Why is it? it, And why you keep repeating and why you keep telling the story if there's nothing to it. Right. And so I was just like, it got me thinking about all this. Like, I'm always thinking about like you know, religious family and all this. And like the flood occurs in like multiple different cultures and everything. So you kind of assume like right. something like this occurred, right? whether, you know, the storytelling, whether it happened, you know, in this place or that place or whether it was as widespread or not, but something happened. Right. And there's no explanation for how this guy, yeah. you know, what happened to this guy. He just vanishment, vanishment <sighs> of Orion Williamson. That was interesting. Well, that well actually, Orion Williamson. I think so. That's Williams. a great name. Isn't so that, it that would be like something somebody so would. Probably not his real name. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Uh, there are some weird names. Like I had relatives that were named like Tennessee, Georgia. Oh really? Um, Alabama. That's where the first names. Huh. So like you know, so weird Southern names kind of <laughs> thing going on. Totally see it, but that's like a good. It's a good story. That's that weird. Tennessee, that. right? Tennessee, yes. The David Lang story was in Tennessee, and the Orion Williamson story was in Alabama. Oh, the Orion was in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. That's weird. So that was my interesting story. Yes. Totally interesting. And I can tell that story now, and I'll probably not remember a lot. A <laughs> we'll just make up another name. Like Bob Jones was, <laughs> was in New field. Hampshire. Walking across the <laughs> <New> field. Hampshire, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Yes. No, thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> Speaking of relatives, so my first story is definitely is in my hometown. And it's weird because it's not until like the past couple of years, a few years, that I connected how close my family is to this very famous road in my hometown. And of course, I don't know like all the specifics. Specifics. <laughs> What I would like to tell you about, I am from Columbus, Mississippi, which is a small town in Mississippi. It uh, has a bunch of antebellum homes. The college there was used during the Civil War as a hospital. And there's just a lot of spooky stuff. It's kind of swampy. There's a bunch of lakes and rivers and streams that go through it. So it's definitely kind of an old-timey port kind of town. But back in the day... My cat's loving on me. She's trying to apologize for the chipmunk. (laughs) Back in the day, when I was growing up as a teenager in high school, one of our favorite things to do was to go out and not unlike the mimosa I'm drinking, (laughs) get wine coolers from somebody and ride around because we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have electronics were not like a real big thing and it was a small rural southern town and so what you did is you hung out in people's cars and you drove around and you drag raced and you Mm -hmm. drank a little and we had a little just a little and we lived columbus is on the tom bigby waterway it's the tom bigby river and there's a lock and dam and so we would always go out there at the lock and dam and we would just hang out you know we'd all like meet up in a place and just hang out 
and whatnot. But near the lock and down, there's a place called Nash Road, which I didn't realize it was called Nash Road because we always knew it as Three-Legged Lady Road. Oh, creepy. Yes. I mean, that's just what we called it. It's like, you know, yeah, we went down Three-Legged Lady Road or, you know, kind of thing. But the thing about Three-Legged Lady Road, which was a gravel road because there's a lot of gravel. As it should be. As it should be. There's a lot of gravel roads in Mississippi. Not all the roads are paved, um, especially, you know, when you get out into the country part near the river, it's kind of swampy. But Nash Road or Three-Legged Lady Road is like one of the most notorious roads in Mississippi, which we totally didn't know this at the time. <laughs> so we all like pile up in somebody's car and we go down this gravel road on a Friday or Saturday night. There was this church and we would stop at the church. And the thing is, and this is what I knew how to do. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the story in just a second. But you're supposed to honk your horn three times and maybe flash your lights. I don't really remember. You're supposed to wait for the three-legged lady to show up. And usually she would hit your car, slam into your car. Oh, my God. And then you're supposed to race her. What? And if you raced her and beat her, then you're fine. But if she caught you, she would take your soul. Oh, my God. That went a direction I didn't expect. I thought this was just like a scare and then you drive away. This is kind of cool. <laughs> no, but this is just kind of like, hey, what do you want to do on a Friday night? Let's <laughs> race the three lady. All the time. <laughs> the crazy thing about it. I mean, this is how close. And this is why I think I have so many ghost stories even though I don't know if I believe it, but some of the things that have happened to me, I mean, this is just something that you did. It was not like unusual. I mean, it was nothing for us to go into like a ruined place on somebody's property and explore like this dilapidated building that's falling apart that we probably should have died in because (laughs) it was so rickety and stuff. But that's just That's kind of what you did. We had no entertainment. So we entertained ourselves by doing this silly, stupid stuff, as you do. So I don't know how many times I've went down there. We flash our lights, beat a horn at the church. I've had several times something hit the car, freaked the shit out of all of us. And then we were like, of course, go peeling off down Three-Legged Lady Road and, you know, get off the road because something hit our car. Uh I just like, I mean, but it was exciting, scary. Uh It wasn't like, I'm never going to do that again kind of deal. But it was just like, again, something, you know, hey, what you want to do? Let's go check out Three-Legged Lady. You know, (laughs) I never saw her, but I did on several occasions have something hit the car. And again, we're always like on heightened scare alert because it's on a gravel road in the middle of rural Mississippi. And we're at this deserted church and we just like, you know, leave. Yeah. So that's, you know, that was just like entertainment in the South. (laughs) Ghost entertainment. But that's something, you know, that all the kids did. And it's recent years. I started seeing things pop up on the Internet about three-legged lady road. So the story is why three legs, first of all. Yeah. So the the original story that I heard, or I don't know how original it is, because again, stories get changed. She. Oh, my Rose. Don't bring anybody home with you. Okay, why three legs? The story that I heard, it was a woman and her daughter, and her daughter was hit by a car, and her leg, like it hit, and it really messed her up, and her leg was detached. 
And uh, the lady was so distraught that she like carried the leg around with her after the death of her daughter. And she was the three legged lady. Oh, so the daughter wasn't the three legged lady. It was the mom who carried around. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's the the story that I heard and grew up with. Although there's several different variations of the story. Another variation is that a woman's daughter went missing and she was murdered and her body parts were like all over the woods. But the only body part the woman found was her daughter's leg. And then her, you know, so she kept her daughter's leg. That's like the woman daughter story that that kind of grew up with that I heard. Wow. Other stories are there's a farmer and his wife and the farmer's wife cheated on him. And so he murdered her and kept her leg. That doesn't make sense <laughs> because it would be like three legged man road, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to throw that in the head. Oh my gosh. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, so many jokes. So maybe it was it was the farmer and his wife, and maybe it was the farmer cheating on the wife, and she kills him and then keeps her like I don't know. Because I'm not real familiar with the farmer, adulterer, yeah. wife whole thing. I was just thinking like, what if he went and killed the lover or something? Yeah. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe he killed the lover and it was the lover's leg. That's the story now. Yeah, it's a story. Well, it's probably the original story because that makes sense. And I just researching this, the different stories, because the church that we used to stop at to summon the mm-hmm. three-legged lady burned. Oh. So I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. And then I just heard a story, because again, Southerners and their stories about how farmer and the wife and then the boyfriend that somehow the church was involved in shaming the woman for being an adulterer and so the woman the the husband killed the boyfriend the wife kept the boyfriend's leg and then the church admonished them and cast them out for being adulterers the wife upset locks the parishioners in the church and (gasps) burns it down which is totally so interesting right yes I was like this is a movie. Somebody make this movie. Right. Exactly. But that totally didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I mean, obviously if a church of people burned down, it would be in the newspaper or yes. something, you yes. know? So being from the town that this happens and nothing like that ever happened, but yeah. that is such a great story. It, it is goes, a good story. It goes into, you know, talk about like how this thing goes. Another version of the story is that the lady, instead of carrying the leg um, of her daughter, she actually so it onto her body so that it's with her always. And that's how she is like three legs and everything. So instead of holding it, she actually like sews it onto her. So yeah. It I just have gets, never heard one like that. Wow, yes. that's a different one. Before the church burned down, I went into the church. Mm-hmm. Except I went in during the daylight mm. because I'm too chicken shit <laughs> to go into like a supposedly haunted place. Because also during this time, and this is during the 80s, Satanism. Oh my like, God, it was this such a huge deal. Huge yes. thing. Like Procter and Gamble were Satanist and like oh, the everybody's Satanist. And you know, it's like this huge heavy like, metal is Satan. Heavy everything metal is, is yes. Satan. Like it was just such the buzzword of the time. 
about that time, I started hearing there was a bunch of like Satanists hanging out in the area and making sacrifices and worshiping, you know, on Three-Legged Lady Road and whatnot. Wow. And the church was still there. And I remember on a Saturday, we were driving around as you do, because there's nothing fucking else to do in the South. We went to the church and the doors were open and we walked in the church. And I don't know if the church had been, bless those people that owned that church. So it was still an active church? I don't know if it was active. It looked like it had been abandoned, Mm -hmm. but it was still intact. You could still walk in there. And we went to the pulpit and we walked around. And of course, it's daylight, but we're still kind of creeped out and stuff. And then, you know, we've heard like talks of like Satanists and and of course, you know, playing records back. Right. Yeah. Secret messages. Yeah. That, you know, so I'm like, what what the fuck is this? I I don't know what to do with that information. People are like on the bandwagon of like devil worship and stuff like that. So I heard all of that. So I was like, okay, whatever. Y'all people are crazy. You know, we went and we went to the church and I kind of felt sorry because in daylight, it's just it's just a quaint little country church. Mm -hmm. And they have a little graveyard like beside the church. And it's just on a little gravel road. Did one gravestone say three-legged lady? (laughs) No, it was just like, you know, a residential little church. I mean, I felt so sorry for those people. So anyway, seeing all these stories, you know, and this is like 20, 25 years ago. I'm seeing all these stories recently in the last couple of years pop up. My family is from, I mean, we're from Columbus, but specifically, we used to, before the Great Depression, we used to own a lot of the land right there on the Tom Bigbee River. My family grew up on the Tom Bigbee River because that was their land. That is where they lived. And I was, you know, one of those articles popped up and my, one of my cousins was like, oh yeah, we lived on Nash Road. I'm like, what? I'm like sitting here, are you related to the three-legged front Oh my God. So she was like, yeah. She's like, no, I always felt that that road was haunted. There was something. (laughs) She's like, but our parents never said anything going on on Three-Legged Lady Road. She's she's like, I didn't know anything about it until, and she's moved from Columbus. She's like, until one of my students that she's teaching said, hey, did you know about like this road in Columbus? And she's like, what road? And they're like, Nash Road. And she's like, oh my God, I lived on Nash Road. Well, I was like talking to her online about this. I was like, that is crazy. I was like, that was like a pastime thing that we did was go to Three-Legged Lady Road and and race Three-Legged Lady down Nash Road in the middle of the night. And she was like, yeah, she was like, parents totally shielded them from that. She's like, but I always thought that road was haunted. And this was like something that this next statement was something that totally blew me out of the water. She's like, yes, my parents had to move because of all the devil worshipers (gasps) camping out on their land. What? I know. It was real. I know it was real. Fucking people were coming onto their land around Three-Legged Lady Church. And obviously my peoples lived out there and they were becoming like a concern for my relatives living out there enough to where they had to move from that location. Holy cow. I know. I was like, I did not know that at the time because I was not really close to my cousins growing up. I was just like, oh my God. 
I wonder what they did out there. Oh, I don't know. And I have not researched. So if anybody knows anything about devil worship, or maybe not, maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> because, I mean, of course you heard like, you know, the baby sacrifices. I'm like, yeah, come on. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you'd hear about that's like breaking the law. You'd hear about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's not that far out in Mississippi where it's like, it's like unlawful or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No banjos. Well, maybe a couple of banjos playing, but you know, <laughs> yeah. So that was the latest information oh, that wow. I heard about three legged lady road that just totally like blew my mind that I am from three legged lady road. <laughs> my peoples are, are lived on three legged lady road and had to move because of fucking devil worshipers. <laughs> Maybe and they this were the- is like within like the last twenty years. This wasn't like this happened oh, in wow. the olden days or nineteen fifties and whatever. I wonder if they were there because of three legged lady, or I wonder if they were there like because there was some like deep there bad juju on that road I, for like ever. And some bad juju on that road. Well, you know, my great grandfather was murdered near there. by people from the IRS. He was shot in the back. They don't give those people guns. Uh, They used to. Oh my God. Um, I don't really know the full details of the story, but he was murdered and they dragged his, they robbed him. And they dragged his body to the porch of his wife's. And she was like nine months, eight months pregnant with my grandmother at the time. And he died on the porch and she woke up the next morning and found him dead. Holy crap. And he was like 28 years old. He was amazing too. I've got pictures of him. He was hot. (laughs) That's not weird at all. (laughs) (laughs) South (laughs) y'all. But no, just strange. And so my cousin saying, yeah, I always felt that road was haunted. Well, there's deep magic on that road. Bad juju happening on that road. Oh, my God. I never realized that I would be like all of that bad juju. I can understand because I've had some weird shit happen to me that I will talk about later. Oh, that's my story. That's awesome. That's crazy. (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) I like that. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll learn all these new things now. Oh, in Columbus, just kind of off. I meant to like say this at the beginning. Columbus, Mississippi is the hometown of Tennessee Williams. I should have known that, but I didn't. Yeah, they took his house, which used to be by the Episcopal Church, the beautiful house, uh, church. I was baptized there, and my parents were married there at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. And they took his house, and they literally moved it to the main road, and it's now the welcoming center for the town and whatnot, the Tennessee Williams old home. I could totally be fucking making that up, but I think <laughs> that's what happened. He always seems like kind of a ghostly person, too. Yeah. Seems like he would... That's so crazy. Yeah, no. See, and those are the types of stories, like, I've heard stories that kind of go along that vein around here, too. Like, we've tried to go, there's a, like, a Hell's Gate bridge down in Oxford I'm going to oh. look into more because I've been down wow. there mm-hmm. but I haven't seen the things right. you know that you're supposed to see when you're down there right. and you know I've like I try and go to these places that really should be haunted like I used to hang out in a pet cemetery on the like on the old base on the old fort mm-hmm. at Fort McClellan because it was just a 
just it was a nice little secluded place you could go. And there was a little right. ditch with a creek in it next door. And so I was like, I would just go there late at night if I was feeling weird. And I would go to the pet cemetery because I guess right. that's what you do. That's I don't know. Do, right? But, uh, you know, I've never seen like haunted dogs or anything. Thank God over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what well, is like? On me. I know. So I feel like if I if I had like if I had the three legged lady road experience, I would be the one that's been like, okay, some other teenager hangs out in the bushes and just waits for us to show up and bangs on our. You know, that would be me. Well, that's something else that I read is like there is there is a cemetery in Columbus that's Friendship Cemetery and it's got historical things because the war, but they give like a ghost tour through the cemeteries, which have become popular recently, right? One of the people that, that did, one of the reviews or comments that I read about Three-Legged Ladies, he was like, yeah, we tell them about, this is a story that I heard, and this is what we tell, you know, new people coming into the town or new kids coming into the town, and then we drive them out there, and then somebody hides in the bushes and hangs <laughs> in the car, right? Yes. So it has been done like that before, yeah. but what, back in the 80s when I did it, I mean, it was such a whim for us to go, hey, let's go down to yeah. you know, three-legged lady like road. so does it just happen that there's somebody there every time you go you know? you know like you know the devil worshippers hanging out behind a bush yeah going, let's, let's just scare the shit out of these kids well and that's like it's like the like the vanishment of Orion Williams too it's just like even if somebody takes advantage of a story by like trying to scare people who go out there to kind of like you know it turns into an urban legend at some point but that doesn't mean that it didn't come from something right exactly. and like that's what I'm like I'm kind of fascinated with like there's, this, there's truth in there somewhere absolutely there is a grain of truth in every southern hell. So I guess maybe we should wrap this up. That sounds like a good stopping point. Yes. This was fun. I totally enjoyed this. Me and too. I have maybe not as good of incidences that have happened to me, but that was kind of an incident that was like I didn't really know was so close to me and it was. It yeah, happened so crazy. long ago. But I've had some other things that we will talk about later. Ooh. I'm excited about. So I don't know. How do we wrap this up? Thank uh, you for listening. Thank you for listening. And I don't know. What do we say at say, the end of a podcast? I don't know. We're gonna have Cheers. To, Cheers. Strange stuff. Strange stuff. <laughs> la, 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 la. Ukulele yes. theremin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>